What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. How was your week? I heard some of you had some struggles this week. We prayed for some of you over those struggles and we are still praying with you. There'll be opportunities for that prayer here at the end of the night. So those of you tuning in online right now, let me go ahead and introduce myself. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church right here in Jackson, Missouri. The address currently is 1225 Old Cape Road, Jackson, Missouri. The zip code is 63755. We would love to have you come out and join us live on a Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Or if you'd rather join us on a Sunday morning at 1030 a.m., we meet with our Joy Church family every Sunday morning at 1030 at the same address. But thank you for tuning online. But come on down. We want to meet you in person. We want to pray with you because that's really where it's at. I think the majority might agree, might not. The thing we look forward to most, at least on a Wednesday night service, is the prayer time. Because that's where God does some things. That's where people are delivered. That's where things are happening. You've got to be spending that time with God so that when your time comes, we talked last week a little bit about how, well, we're going to talk about the verse here in just a second. Can I get a bottle of water? Do you, is that one? Can I get, I'm getting thirsty up here today, tonight. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and get a bottle of water and I'm going to get a drink. But let's go ahead and take a look at this key verse here tonight as we get ready for the message, part two of this series, Moses, God's Deliverer, and Your Journey to Greatness. So Moses, we talked about last week, was an ordinary baby, born to parents who at this time in Scripture that we looked at last night weren't even listed by name. We only know that they were from the tribe of Levi, so it wasn't real specific, and I believe that the Bible wasn't very specific there because it could be any one of us that God uses to deliver a nation. Now, when you hear me say that tonight, (laughs) that takes a little bit more familiarity. We're talking about delivering a nation because I believe that God's remnant is rising up right now. And I have just noticed, and I'm telling you, if you don't have Gitter yet, you need to get on Gitter because the headlines are flowing of things that are happening that the prophets had predicted more than a year ago, some of these things, and we're starting to see them take place. I won't go to specifics tonight, but you need to pay attention to what's going on in the world around you because God right now is on the move. And we need to get ready, church. The topic of tonight's message, last week we talked about, we talked about set apart. Moses had been set apart as a baby that should have been killed for such a time as this that he was getting ready to walk into. And tonight I want to talk about the topic of running away. More specific, running away from your past. And what the future has to hold. 
Hebrews chapter 2, verses 2 to 3 says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. And what else did it say? It will not tarry. Don't wait for the time God's ready to start what he's given you to start preparing. You need to be preparing now in the downtime. You need to be preparing right now. Maybe he's given you a vision for yourself and for your own life. Now is the time that you feel like nothing's going on. You're kind of in the waiting season, which we just talked about in these verses. But remember this, your waiting time is your preparation time. Don't waste your waiting time without preparing because just like the end of this verse says, once God's vision comes to you, it's too late to start preparing. You should have been preparing the whole time. So God had a vision for a little baby that was getting cast in the river all because of a leader that was so ticked off. He was murdering kids. Hmm, sound familiar? I'm telling you, if you pay attention, you're seeing a lot of stuff that this particular passage is we're going to be looking at over the next several weeks are talking about right now. But I mentioned last week, it always starts with the killing of babies. In this story, Pharaoh was throwing them in the river, drowning them, because he didn't want them to take over, outnumber them, and run things. In today's society, we call it abortion. God's judgment always begins. He doesn't like it when you touch his kids. So get ready, church. This isn't a gloom time, but you need to understand this is your preparation time. Let's take a look at that verse again. It said, write the vision down. Remember last week we talked about, you got all these visions God's given you. Have you ever written any of them down? Because they even teach you in business school that if you're not writing stuff down, you're not going to accomplish anything. You've got to write it down so that you can see it, but also, in this case, so that others may see it. Because if it's a God vision, I promise you this, you can't do it by your yourself. Man, that should have got some amens. Y'all asleep tonight. Let me give you another chance. So if it's a God vision, you can't do it by yourself. There we go. Now we're awake tonight. Some of us are tired, but it's all good because we're going to wake up again just like we did last week. We talked about a baby that was born with a purpose who happened to be in the right place at the right time, and God got him into the hands of Pharaoh's daughter. So he goes from baby that should have been killed to baby that now is grandson to the ruler of Egypt. It only takes a moment for God to change your entire situation. Moses had no control of this. He was a baby. It was the favor of God that took Moses from where he was to where he was going. Now, we're going to talk more about the where he was going part tonight. So get ready. But it says, write it down. Make it plain so that he that reads it may run with it. For the vision, here's the deal. The vision is yet for an appointed time. He may have given you that full vision 
He's giving me a part of mine. I don't think he's giving me the full one yet. I'm learning more and more every day. But he gives you a vision. But see, at the end it will speak and it will not. But the part we don't like is the part that says, though it tarries, wait for it. Huh? We don't like the waiting season. But here's the deal. Just like I said at the beginning, your waiting season is your preparation season. Whatever it is God has called you to do, that's your time to be preparing for where he's taking you because once he's ready to make the move, that's not the time to start preparing because he's ready to go now. So you're preparing in your downtime. He says, at the end it will speak and it will not lie for the vision is yet for an appointed time. He says, though it tarries, wait for it because check out this part. This is the promise. Because it will surely come, if it's a God vision, it will surely come. And what did he say at the end? It will not tarry. Once it gets here, it's time to move. Tap your neighbor and say, it's time to move. Once God arrives, it's time to move. Preparation's time over. So enjoy your downtime. Enjoy yourself while you're not there yet. Enjoy that in preparation for where you're headed. Tonight we're going to pick up where we left off in Exodus chapter 2, but I want to jump back and do a background thing again. Genesis 49. I want to jump back here because I want you to know what kind of family Moses was coming from. You need to understand the history behind Moses. Because he shouldn't have been the one God chose. But he was. Listen. Genesis 49. Jacob's handing out his blessings and curses to his sons. And he goes through a whole list of people. But he comes to two in particular. Remember what tribe Moses was from last week? Levi. A man from the tribe of Levi married a woman from the tribe of Levi. And they had a baby. And that's all we know about them. Check out their background. Jacob's handing out blessings and curses to his kids. He gets to Simeon and Levi. Here's what he says. Genesis 49, 5 to 7. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Instruments of cruelty are in their dwelling place. Let not my soul encount, or let not my soul enter their council. Let not my honor be united to their assembly. For in their anger, they slew a man. And in their self-will, they hamstrung an ox. Cursed. Huh? Yep, this is still Jacob. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce. And their wrath, for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. I might give you a quick background on it, but here's what you need to understand. Moses is coming from one of these cursed tribes. Why were they cursed? For their anger. They killed a man. Remember, they had a sister, Dinah. And they entered this land, and the man, the king of this land had a son. And the son had raped their sister. And he wanted her as wife. So he wanted to make a deal with Jacob to get her as his wife. And suddenly, Simeon and Levi, they didn't like the fact of what they did to their sister. 
Their sister, yes. So what they do, they made a deal with the king. They said, okay, if you take all your men in the village and you circumcise yourselves, then we'll let you have her, right? There's a little deceit right there. I'm just telling you, go read the text for yourself. But here's what happened. So all the men thought they were getting off pretty good because they were going to get all the girls from Jacob's tribe when they started having babies and all those things started happening, right? So they all circumcised themselves, and for three days they ran around in pain. What happened? Simeon and Levi were the two that led a rebellion to kill every one of them people. This is the tribe he's from. This is why Jacob wasn't happy with these two. Go read it. Go read it for yourself. I wish I knew the chapter, but it's in Genesis. That gives you 50 chapters to choose from. That limits it down right there, right? Here, I'll give you another hint. It's where Jacob, and he's running around, and he's got his 12 sons. And right here in 49 is the end. This is after Joseph, and he's in Egypt already. But you go back up a little bit. It won't be too far, and you're going to find that story. Some of you are like, wow, that's in the Bible? Yeah. Man can be a rebellious thing by himself. But God, look at your neighbor and say, but God, but God can take all your wrongs and turn them into a right. What? He can use all of your wrongs and use them for good. Huh? Okay. So I got to thinking, this was years ago when I did this research, and I might have been 16 when I did the research on this, and I was like, you know what? What would be a common curse that we could think of in this society that people would be familiar with? Here's the one I came up with. Anybody ever heard of the Kennedy curse? Some of you have, some of you haven't. Now, I believe there's more to know about these stories, and we're getting ready to find out some of it, but... At this point, it doesn't look good for the Kennedy family. Here's what happened. I'm going to read a few. They're not all up there, but some of them are. So if you can see that, but otherwise just listen. It says on August 12th, 1944, Joseph Kennedy Jr., the elder brother of JFK, was killed when his bomber aircraft exploded over Suffolk during the Second World War. First Kennedy died, at least documented here. May 13th, 1948, four years later. Kathleen Cavendish, I think is how you say that, JFK's sister and the wife of the Marquess of Hart Hardington dies in a plane crash in France four years after her brother died. Here's one you guys will remember, November 22nd, 1963. President John F. Kennedy is assassinated as he rides in an open convertible through Dallas, Texas. His killer, Lee Harvey Oswald, at least we think, but I think there's more to it than that, is gunned down at a police station two days later, sparking widespread conspiracies about the president's death. That's three. 1968, June 6th, Robert Kennedy, JFK's younger brother, and his attorney general, assassinated after winning the California Democratic primary. The gunman, Saran Saran, I think is how you say that, remains in prison in California. April 25th, 1984, David Kennedy, the fourth of RFK's 11 children, dies in a Florida hotel room after overdosing on cocaine, painkillers, and antipsychotic medicine. 
December 31st, 1997. We're getting closer to today, aren't we? Michael Kennedy, the sixth of RFK's children, is killed in a skiing accident in Colorado. The 39-year-old was playing American football when he crashed into a tree. July 16th, 1999. John F. Kennedy Jr., JFK's son, dies while flying his light aircraft in a holiday, to, a, to the holiday island of Martha's Vineyard. He reportedly became disoriented during the night flight and crashed in the ocean. There's a suspicious one, too. We're going to find out some things here coming soon, I think, and you guys get ready. But May 16th, 2012, this one's not up here, but I want you to hear one more, and then we're going to move on. Mary Kennedy, so this is 2012, nine years ago. The estranged wife of Robert Kennedy Jr. is founded after reportedly hanging herself at her New York home. Now, this is why they call it the Kennedy curse. But after reading all these, the one thing I see is the Kennedys need Jesus. We all need Jesus, not just the Kennedys. But it became known as the Kennedy curse. Do I believe curses? Pastor, do you believe curses are real in the family? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And I don't even necessarily, I'm going to let you decide what you think about Kennedy or the so-called Superman curse that started, tried to get started years ago but never went anywhere after George Reeve killed himself supposedly. Not all the evidence was found for that one either. And then Christopher Reeve broke his back on a horseback to Superman. So anytime the question comes to a new person playing Superman there, well, do you want in on the Superman curse? Right? Well, you guys make your decision there, but do I believe family curses are real? Absolutely. They may not be to the extremes we just talked about. The family curses in our bloodlines, we don't know all the relatives that are back there. I know maybe a couple of generations back. I don't know beyond that. What was before that? Some people, alcohol, drugs, rebellion, anger. We don't know where we came from. But family curses are very real. And people struggle with them all the time. We're going to talk more about them tonight, and you're going to see why I brought it up. Exodus chapter 2, we better get to our text. 11, verse 11. Exodus 2, verse 11. Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way, and when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Isn't it interesting? His bloodline was cursed for murder. Moses, at least at this point, appears that he's going to follow suit with his bloodline. He was cursed, right? He was from a cursed tribe. For murder, what else were they in trouble for when Jacob handed out the curse? Anger. It was in their anger that they had killed a man. They were angry when they took care of Sis's problem, at least they thought in their head. They were angry. Their anger led to murder. Sound familiar to Moses' story here? Now, the Bible doesn't clearly tell us when Moses or how Moses found out he was a Hebrew. 
because he was a baby when he became grandson to Pharaoh by adopted daughter, the Pharaoh's daughter. You know, there's different takes. Movies tell it different ways. But we don't really know. The Bible doesn't say. But what we do know is it appears here that he found out because he was walking out amongst his brethren and he saw this Egyptian beating one of them and he got angry and he killed the Egyptian and then he buried it. Let's talk about it. Here's the deal. First thing you need to understand when you're dealing with family curses is God gives us free will. You want out of the curse? You got to have the willpower to do it. God gives us free will. Let's talk about family curses. And we already kind of mentioned this, but the question always comes to mind because, you know, first thing they ask you, you go to the doctor, right, is, well, what is your family history, right? They want to know what your family struggled with in the past. So the question comes to mind, are we really bound by genetics? You have to make a choice, are you? Moses here, it doesn't look like he's falling far from the tree. What's the old saying? The apple doesn't far fall from the tree or far fall far from the tree. Right? And it looks like Moses here is he just following suit what he was his family did, right? You have to make a choice. You can either live as expected, whatever your family curse is, you can live in that curse, or you can make a change. You can be the one in that bloodline that says, this curse stops with me. It goes no further. The devil only has a hold on you if you allow him to have a hold on you. He's got no power over you if you're a child of God. Now, if you're not a child of God, well, he does. Got some power on you. But you can be delivered. That's why Jesus came to die so that we could live, so that we become more than what possibly our family curses say we are. So are you going to live as expected or are you going to be the one that makes the change? But here's the deal. You can't hide your sin. Sooner or later, it comes out. I don't know if anybody in here has been trying to hide anything. But I told you last week, we've been looking at context a lot in our Bible series, but I want to give you what God gave me on Moses. So we'll get back to that stuff later. What you need to understand here, you can't hide your sin because sooner or later it comes out. Some of us have passed. We don't want anybody to find out about. I would go as far as to say all of us have a past of some sort that we don't want other people finding out about. Because we all have a story. The question is, are you moving on with God or are you still trying to hide it? We try to bury it, just like he buried the Egyptian. He sinned. He murdered a man. He tried to bury the sin. We try to bury it, but eventually it gets uncovered. Moving on in verse 13. And when he went out the second day, behold, Two Hebrew men were fighting, and he said to the one who did the wrong, why are you striking your companion? Then he said, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Uh, oh. 
that sin that he tried to bury, it appears isn't buried so deep, right? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. And when Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian and sat down by a well. We're going to stop there for just a second. So see, here's the deal. What happened? Moses goes back another day, second day this says, and finds two of the Hebrews fighting. He looks at the one that's in the wrong and he says, why are you hitting your companion? And he says, what do you intend to kill me like you killed the Egyptian? Suddenly the spirit of fear came over Moses. We've been talking about fear all summer. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. But here's the deal. Your reaction determines the outcome. What did Moses do when he got scared? He ran. Like many of us have done in our lives. Ran. I ran from God for years. He was calling me and I ran. I didn't want it. God, surely not me. Right? And we run. And it doesn't have to be my calling's different from your calling. What is it in your life? Have you been running from God? But here's the deal. Your, your reaction... Ruth talked about chain reaction on Sunday. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Your reaction determines the outcome. Because here's the deal. People are going to bring it up. People are going to bring it back up. Now the question is, how do you handle that? I came up with another point as I'm reading this. Some people may try to slay you with it. What happened to the Egyptian? He was slew. Moses slew him. What are they doing to Moses here? They're making him afraid. Because if they can kill it up front, you know the devil's always got a plan. If he can scare him now, maybe he can prevent the deliverance that's to come. Wow, that ain't, that, that's not my notes. I hope you're writing stuff down. People may even try to slay you with it. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, you see, in life, there's always these people we like to call critics. They'll always be the ones to tell you why you can't do something. I got critics in my life. You know the sad part about critics? Many times, most of the time, they're in your own family. They're your biggest, you're your own biggest critic. But... You got family members telling you you can't do it. You got people that know you from the past telling you you can't do that because I know you. I know where you've been. I know what you've done. I know where the bodies are buried, right? Wow, that, that fit right in. Sorry, I, I didn't go there. I just not in my notes. But the Egyptians buried, right? How will you react? You can take that criticism, telling you you can't do it, accomplish everything God has for you. You can take that bondage and that curse, and you can let it overcome you. Or, I guess the real thing is, how will you react? Will you run, or will you face it head on? 
that's hard to do. We've all had struggles like that. We've all had curses like that. Then all of a sudden, we're faced with a decision. Are we going to run from this curse? Or are we going to be the one to face it head on? What do I mean by that? Well, if you're a child of God, then you can say, like I said a minute ago, this curse stops with me. No one else in my family is going to have this curse. And you can put the devil in his place. That's what you can do. Or you can let that fear overcome you and you can run, kind of like Moses did here. See, isn't it funny? Some of you may not be familiar with the story. Isn't it funny? Some of the greatest men we hear about in Scripture have all got flaws. Moses is running. We're going to find more and more of those flaws as we go along. Yet God still chose to use him to deliver Israel. From their bondage. Right now he's running. As a child of God, you must stand your ground. We just got done with the series talking about that. When you've done everything else, stand. Nothing decides your future but you. Are you the person that grows in God or do you let your change bind you? Because here's the deal. If you're a born-again child of God, first, 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The moment you received Christ as your Savior, if you're born again, the moment you did that, God gave you a fresh start. He said, behold, the old things are passed away. All things have become new. How you walk from that point on out is on you. Are you going to reach your potential and everything that God has for you in this series? We call it greatness. Are you going to reach greatness or are you going to settle for good? Lamentations tells us this, chapter 3, verse 22. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. Where do we find hope? Where do we find faith? It's not in anything man's got to offer you. They're trying right now. But only God can give you that hope. Only God can lift your faith to new levels. Do you believe that he can do it? Or are you one of those falling for all the schemes the enemy's throwing out right now? Mm. He'll tell you. You're never going to amount to anything. You're always going to be what you are or what you were. But here's what I want to tell you tonight. Write this down. This is a good one. He gave me this when I did the series. Who you used to be doesn't determine who you're going to be. Whoa. Let me say that again. Some of y'all was asleep. Who you used to be over here doesn't determine who you're going to be over here in God. Where does your faith lie? Things of this world? Or the author of faith? God. Let's keep reading. Because we've got to wrap up this section. We're only going to stop at 25 tonight. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. And they came and drew water. And they filled the troughs of to, wa to water their father's flocks. Then the shepherds came and drove them away. 
But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. When they came to Ruel, their father, he said, how is it that you have come so soon today? And they said, this is the daughters talking to their dad. An Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds. And he also drew enough water for us and watered the flock. So he said to his daughters, well, where is he? Why is it that you have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. Then Moses was content to, li- to live with the man, and he gave Zipporah, his daughter, to Moses. And she bore him a son, and he called his name Gershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. That's what that name Gershom means. Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage, and they cried out, and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And he looked upon the children of Israel, and God acknowledged them. We're stopping there tonight, but let's talk about it for a second. We just read a lot, right? Moses in the process of running away because he's afraid for his life, has sat down by a well. That's where we stopped the last section of verses. All of a sudden, there's some shepherds that come on because there's some girls, daughters of this man that he's talking about, Royal, Ruel, or how do you say his name, are sitting at the well trying to get water for the flocks, and these shepherds come in and kind of bully him and say, no, 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 no. And they push him out of the way because they were women, right? All right? So Moses sticks up for the girls Fights the men off and waters, gives them water in their flocks. Hmm. This is the man that just ran from God, right? Can I start with this statement? You've heard it since you were a kid. We all make mistakes. Some mistakes are larger than others, but we all make them. But even if you mess up, don't let it haunt you. Hmm. Let's check this out. You've got to move on. Your next mission awaits. Mistakes don't make you weak. They make you stronger. What happened in Moses' story here? Moses is running for his life. He made a mistake. He murdered a man. That's a pretty big deal. Right? So he's running. Sets down by the well. But even though he messed up, God met him at the well. Well, Trenton, I didn't hear God speak there. Well, just watch what happened. What happened? Remember I said you've got to move on? Yeah, the mistake's there. It's in the past. Matter of fact, I along the lines that believe the reason the Israelites waited 430 years, I talked about it last week, when God said 400 is because Moses made a mistake. And he had to come on around. So he took a little bit of a detour to get back to God. But he makes it. What do I mean by your next mission awaits? As he's setting by the whale, as he's setting by the whale, God gives him another mission. There's some women here that need some help. So what's he do? He sticks up for the women. So he does the right thing, right? You're still rewarded even though you made a mistake. You are still rewarded when you do the right thing. What did God reward him with? Well, he got a wife out of the deal. 
Back then, that's a big deal. You need heirs if you're going anywhere. What happened to the wife? He didn't just get a wife. She bore him a son. A son. Now, he did get two, but right now, he's just got the one. Gershom. So now there's someone to carry on the name. This is important stuff back then. So God, even though Moses messed up, put yourself there. Even though you messed up and you've made some mistakes, God is still right here waiting. God, where did you go? He's in the same place he's always been. Waiting to help you get back up and get you back on mission, back on task to what he's got for you. So Moses makes a mistake. He strays a little bit, still gets rewards because God wants to bless you. That doesn't always mean he wants to make you rich. There's more than money. That's the American dream. God's dream says, I got bigger things than money for your life. The American dream. Old rap artist, Christian rap artist, said years ago, drugs, sex, weed. But he had his millions from it. And women, right? Women. Those are the American dream. Don't get them confused with God's dream. God wants to take you places you've never been before. He wants to take you to a new level in your life so that you can obtain the next level of freedom that he has for your life. But it's going to take a little bit of effort on your part. Now, even though Moses messed, why do you keep going back to this pastor? Because I want you to get it. Even though Moses made a mistake, God still used him to make a difference in the life of this man and his daughters. So don't feel like just because you made a mistake, it's time to give up and just all don't lock yourself in your room. Aaron talked about that in the interview we did. You need to check it out. When God took him through a trial, he locked himself away. If you isolate yourself, you're just making yourself easier to pick off. You got to be amongst believers. You got to be amongst those that can encourage you to greatness. Maybe your life doesn't feel so great right now. But you know what? God's still there. What did God use? I'm going to go ahead and use Aaron. Man, I don't know why I brought this up. Aaron had an example with something he was going through. I'll let you listen to the interview for the details. But when he was going through, even though he isolated himself, God met him where he was at. He opened the Bible one morning. Isaiah chapter 53. And he reads it on, I'll let him do it because I don't want to go there tonight. He reads it. And he got to a certain verse there, and I don't remember exactly which one it is right now. But I think it was the one that talks about, by his stripes, we are healed. And in a roundabout way, it says, because of what Jesus went through, you're forgiven. But you got to receive it. God wants to bless you. Will you receive it when your blessings come? Some people get blessings and they reject them, believe it or not. It's called pride. I don't want you to know I have a need. But the person may say, here, God, I'm going to just give you an example. God told me to give you this. I've had several times where God stopped me driving down the road, told me, give that man 50 bucks. 50 bucks, God, that's my car payment at that time. 
I, I don't want to get off. But I can tell you stories. And I won't go there tonight. But if you're obedient, here's the deal. My excuse at that time, and I'd love to tell you the whole story. It happened on Christmas Eve one year in the rain. Saw a man riding. He reminded me of Santa Claus. Here I go. I'm going to tell the story. You know. All right. He reminded me of Santa Claus because he had the white beard. He was a skinny man. He wasn't round Santa Claus. He was a skinny man. But he, he looked like Santa Claus, and he had a raincoat on. It was pouring down rain this Christmas Eve, and it was in the evening. And I was on my way to my family's house. I had Ashley was my girlfriend at the time. I think it was the first year we were dating. And I was like, oh, we'd spent the day with her family, so we were going to evening for my family. And we were already running late because it was late in the evening. It was probably 5, 6 o'clock, whatever it is. And we're driving, and suddenly this man, he's, on, he's got a uh, double-seat bike. I don't remember what they call it. Bicycle built for two. One of those. On the back seat, he's got his everything he owns, you can tell, is on that back seat. He's pushing the bike in the rain in a raincoat. He crosses in front of me at the stoplight. I'll tell you where it was at. The exit down here, the Walmart exit, 96 here in Cape Girado. I got off the interstate. That light, I was going left. At that time, I don't think the new road was in yet. We were going to Illinois, so we were getting ready to go left past Best Buy in those places that way. And the man walks in front of my car, and God said, you need to give that man $50. $50? I only had $350. That's it in my car, and it was cash. Happened to have cash on me for a car payment. $350, just enough for that car payment. God says, give him $50. And I said, God, are you sure? That's my car payment. So what happened? I drove off like any good Christian would, right? <laughs> ah, but the story doesn't stop there. I got to about Best Buy, and the conviction was so heavy, I had to turn around. And I looked at my girlfriend at that time, wife now. I got to go, go back. God told me to give the man $50. I can't let it go. So here's what I did. The next thing I did, y'all are going to be able to relate. Just think. I turned the car around in Best Buy. I think I turned around. I don't know if Logan's was even there. It might have been. Turned around right that time and headed back. Got to where I saw him at. Didn't see him anywhere, right? I'm like, well, God, I came back. I guess that's it. I don't know where he went. About that time, I seen the two-seater bike sitting in front of McDonald's. I was like, oh. Anybody ever been there? Oh, you guys laughing. I know you have. And you've been sitting there, and you're like, oh, man, you're going to make me do this, aren't you? And it's in the rain. I parked the car, grabbed the $50 bill. It was $50 bill. Anybody ever not wanted to part with that? That's the flesh. That's not God. So what I do? I walk in the restaurant. There he is with a cup of coffee. That's it. Drinking. Walked up to the man. All I said, and you don't ever want to add to what God's telling you to do. All I said was, God told me to give you this. And I handed him $50. And he looked at me. And I, to this day, I wonder if I wasn't entertaining angels. Because he looked at me. And there was a sparkle in his eye. And he said, God bless you. And I walked off. But you know what? The conviction was gone. Walked back to the car. Within three months, the car was paid off. I still owed like $9,000. I won't talk about how he did it. That's another story. But within three months, the car I was so worried about was paid off. 
That's how God works. Expect blessings. What did they prophesy over this house? They said just expect the miracle signs and wonders to become normal. You're going to be so used to them. They're just going to be a part of what you do. We're starting to see that more and more. It's coming into this house. We don't have to go to any fancy crusade. We all make mistakes. Even if we mess up, we got to move on. We're still rewarded. God wants to bless us. Will you receive the blessing? I could have drove off and gave up. I probably wouldn't have got the car paid off, just being honest. But God said, all right, since you were obedient. Hmm. That's a tough one. Since you were obedient, I want to take care of that for you. We're moving on. God still has the bigger picture in mind. Though you take a detour like Moses here, he will get you back on track if you'll let him. Because there's that free will thing. Learn to listen to God's voice. And you will be blessed. Can I give you another? Those of you living life right now thinking you're a nobody and that you're, you never could amount to anything, listening to the curses that's been spoke over you your whole life. I had some people say the same thing to me. God doesn't make mistakes. He made you who you are for such a time as this. Moses, again, nothing he had to do with. He sat down in a well. The first time he was a baby, right place, right time, ended up becoming Pharaoh's grandson. This time he sat down by a well. God gave him another opportunity to show that you can still be used even if you made that. Because here it is, if he gave you a mission, talking about God, he will see you through. If God gave you the mission, you're going to see it through. I got a couple things and we're done. Romans 8, 38 and 39. Couldn't help but miss this passage. Here it is. You ready? For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's the word. You may feel like a nobody right now that's not going anywhere. But you know what? God's got a plan. Nothing is what it's basically getting at. Can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. As a child of God, you're blessed and highly favored. Live like it. Maybe that's a word for you guys because these guys didn't respond well. As a child of God, you're blessed and highly favored. Live like it. Amen? Amen. Don't live like you're a prisoner. Don't live like a victim. Live like a victor. I did a message. That's this summer. Victim or victor, it's your choice. You can live life as the victim or you can become the victor in Christ. What are you going to do with what God's given you?
That's it. That's all I got for tonight. We're getting ready to dismiss. For those of you online, we're going to go into some prayer time here. I want to say thank you for tuning with us online. Would love to meet you in person. I'll say it again. I hope you caught the phone number for the prayer line that was on the screen here. Probably either right now or has been recently. Call it. There's a powerful woman of God on the other end of the line waiting to pray with you. Call it any time of day. That's what she told me. Now, if she changes her mind, she'll let me know. But any time of day, day or night, a.m. hour, she don't care. You call the number, she'll pray with you. Call the number, 573-5138. That's not right. Let me not say it. Five, so we'll, Okay, it's on the screen. Look at the screen. I'll leave it at that. I done forgot the own church number. But anyway, the prayer line. So uh, but thank you so much for tuning in. If you've never received Christ as your Savior, today is your day. Tonight's your night. Whenever you're listening to this, you simply ask. Jesus, come and live in my heart. I want you to be Lord of my life. Forgive me of all my sins. From here on out, I want to live my life for you. And then thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray. And it really is that simple. Normally I go through a routine prayer, I know, but that's because it hits everything. He came, the Bible says, if you believe he came and died and rose again, you shall be saved. It also says, he who overcomes shall be saved. Wow. And then the passage that came to me shortly after I got saved, Revelation 3, 5. He who overcomes shall be like them clothed in white, and I shall never erase his name from the book of life, but proclaim his name before my Father and his angels. Wow. You deny God, he's going to deny you. Question is, what do you do with Jesus? All right, I'll leave you guys with that. Questions, call the prayer line. We'd love to lead you to the Lord. Thanks for tuning. Make sure you check out nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. God bless you. We'll see you next week.